Look, uh, uh, Larry Bird, Big Bird, he uh, is not walking through that door, fans, okay? Kevin McHale is not walking through that door. And Robert Parrish, Pocahontas, is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old like Sleepy Joe, okay? This is Entitled Town. All right, post Mayo, post uh, post Mayo being named head coach in Title Town resumes. Welcome to March, everybody. My name is Mike Irons. I am here with Patrick Scartelli, uh, the purveyor of the sports drunk draw. Dan is here, and brother John is here. So, gentlemen, it is a kinder, gentler New England Patriots, uh, not only in uh, in dealings with the media, but in dealings with their players. But let's let's do a quick recap of what's happened since we last recorded. The Patriots had a happy hour where they introduced Van Peltadu and everybody else to the media. Um, they're going to burn some cash. Episodes one through four of the Dynasty have come out. And the NFL player survey makes Crafty Bob and Robin Glazer look really foolish. This is the official Entitled Town t- uh, heel turn. I even debated about opening with the Felger and Maz music because we are going to, I think for the most part, I'll speak for myself, just get in, just belay Bob Kraft. Uh, John, where are you at with the, the happy hour bullshit? Uh, the, the dynasty. We'll get to the dynasty a little bit. Where, where are you at right now with the crap? It, it has a real Dunder Mifflin vibe yeah. to it down there, and and Gerard Mayo is is playing Michael Scott. It's it's we have become the Patriots have become all those inept teams that we used to make fun of, and it is really really sad because what we've lost. It was so great to be the bad guy, right? The, the, you know, in a kind of razor Ramon sort of, uh, you know, the, the way he would say it, it, it was the Patriots were feared. They were hated. There were the conspiracy theories being a fan of the Patriots and, and especially on the West coast where you're kind of always defending them, but there was a degree of like, yeah, that's, that's my team, right? That's, I love what they're doing. I love how they're winning. I love how they're outsmarting people. I love how people are, wearing their tinfoil hats underneath their helmets and freaking out at what Bill Belichick's going to cook up for him. And now it is like the, you know, the leadership seminar at the box factory where we are going to (laughs) be the kinder, more inclusive organization. And, you know, folks are going to get, you know, 17 coaches have the opportunity to build their careers in new England. And isn't that wonderful? And if they fail upward, you know, maybe they do get, expelled to you know warwick where they're going to be like you know folding cardboard i I don't know like what the plan is it's a it's a brutal business where you are paid to win and if you lose you get fired even it even happens to bill belichick greatest coach of all time so i don't know what they're doing to be honest it really does feel like this corporate like feel good bullshit and i want my team to be feared i want my organization to be to be, you know, to to be like what we had and we've lost it and it really does suck. And there's no chance, you know, the, the, the conclusion is already written before our eyes. We all know how this ends. There's no chance this works out well. There is no chance Alex Van Pelt was their first choice. There is no chance better coaches didn't turn them down because they see how chaotic and weird this situation is, right? There is no chance that these guys are, are going to win the division next year. You know, it's just, it, it, we have lost 
the the singular edge. I think what other than Brady's greatness, Belichick delivering that singular edge, keeping the crafts at bay and keeping the chaos at bay and keeping the mediates at bay. We have lost that. And now we are like everybody else. And it sucks. It does suck. I, I don't want to play the opening anymore that we're going to be positive every day. I think we're going to be skeptical every pod moving okay. forward. They, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. Like after what you've seen in the Belichick era, and, and then this bullshit you're seeing in the Kraft Dynasty LLC on Apple TV, right? Like, what have they done that makes you say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt? Like, why would you do that? They, they have taken a massive step backward culturally from a coaching perspective. It is abundantly clear every fan should expect that they have to go earn that fans respect they do not get the benefit of the doubt absolutely not scartsy the gerard mayor's but burn some cash statement what aged worse burn some cash or tom Warner saying that the red sox are gonna go full throttle they're going to throttle some cash i guess is what has happened here <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's never good to be the new guy and then have to walk back your statements but there's you know only one way to skin a cat apparently so it's it, it, it's uh, but luckily they've got the entire uh, they've got the, they've you know managed to uh, win over the entire uh, the entire you know local media with some you know expired Bud Light and some pizza because we as everyone knows there's just piles and piles of Bud Light everywhere and unfortunately <laughs> there's you know, they they managed to find a way to get rid of some of it and also the uh, Globe is there you know running, you know, puff piece articles about how Coach uh, Mayo was destined to become a head coach. Great. Just terrific. <laughs> Just a complete, uh, you know, it's all, you know, it's all rainbows and poodles and balloons and running through, uh, running through the park now, apparently, because, you know, that mean old man is gone. Gerard Mayo is less than five years removed from sitting in an HR seminar with the likes of you and I. And now he's leading the, <laughs> this $5 billion entity on the field. And I'm stealing a line from Mike on Route 1 here. He really is coming off as Michael Scott. Next, If he says, I want people to fear how much they love me next, <laughs> all fucking bets are off. Dan, your impressions of uh, the first six weeks of the Gerard Mayo error? Uh, it's uh, okay, it's like the anti-Belichick. Go ahead, I'm What's sorry. What's that? Yeah, like the big sigh was enough said. <laughs> I got it. Oh, that's all they want right now is the anti-Belichick. And that's their, I'm not to, not to step on you here, but I'm stepping on you here. Sorry. The, the whole thing is that if, if it's anything that, you know, opposite of what was done before is naturally going to be good. Apparently it's the Costanza uh, thing, right? It's, if the opposite must be correct. I've, I've said before that Belichick's superpower was that he didn't give a damn what people think about him. And now everything is, they, they care so, so very deeply but that that power was the thing that protected the team. He wouldn't he wouldn't give uh, the media any ammunition to work with, and they're just going to get loads and loads of it because it's he's going to uh, he's bound Mayo's bound to say something that's going to come back on him. That already has. They've yeah, had, he've had and, to walk it back on at least three yeah. occasions off the top of my head in six weeks. But Belichick would just it would protect players. It would protect the team. It would protect ownership even, and and now they're just going to throw that all away. It really, what's happened, and I don't remember where I saw this first, 
might have been with one of you guys the last time we were on. It feels like everything the Patriots have done since they let Bill Belichick go in a mutual parting has felt like an apology to the media. I don't think I'm somewhat heartened that I don't think we are the vocal minority on this. Maybe we are. Maybe I'm deluding myself. But I think that this is transparent as hell of what they're doing. Is everything's getting leaked to Scartelli pointed this out to their little constable in Mass Live? Is are they based in Mortgage Free Western Mass Scartelli or my? They I are based that? in uh, you know the the Commonwealth, third largest city of Springfield, and yeah, <laughs> the, but of course you know there's there's competition. Right now, uh, apparently, you know the Mass Live people are being fed some information regarding uh, what they're going to be who the what they're going to be doing with the third pick and the Herald people are being fed different information <laughs> by different people. So things are just, I believe the the phrase we're going for is it's going great. Going great. <laughs> There's a reason why Bill Parcells and then later Bill Bel Belichick ascribed to the one voice philosophy. And we're right. seeing it in spades. Now I want to get back to what uh, talking about. This is everything. It seemed like it's been an apology to the mm -hmm. media. They're apologizing they want to build a bridge with their friends, the media, um, not realizing that they've tried this before. And it takes those of us with uh, the uh, memory of an elephant to remember that Kraft at one time was being compared in a in a very derogatory way to Dan Snyder and George Steinbrenner. So the Krafts are reaching out. They're building a bridge to their buddies in the media. This is from the Six Rings podcast. This is the third download they've got, which is, Five less than our last pod. But this is Andy Hart, the despicable, loathsome Andy Hart. He of the punchable voice you'll hear momentarily. On with Mike Cadlick, talking about what he was expressly not told to talk about, which we'll get into when this clip's over. So here's Dumbo. But the thing we're not allowed to talk about is the thing I most want to talk about, <laughs> which was a post-press conference social or happy hour, yep. as the PR department termed it, off the record, so we will not be telling you anything that was said when we met with the entirety of the 17 new coaches. 17. Was that the number? Yes. And Gerard Mayo and Elliot Wolf in the Bud Light Celebration Hall. Celebration Hall yes. at Gillette Stadium, overlooking a very nice new turf here. Yeah, beautiful. At Gillette Stadium. Um, all I will say, as somebody who arrived working in this world <laughs> in 2000, it's a totally different world. <laughs> So how do you not think that that's an apology, John, right there? That is an olive basket to, to steal a phrase from Ocean's Eleven. That's an olive basket to those morons in the media. They 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 want them in the fold. And I find it, first of all, I find it pathetic. I find it laughable. And they, they, they've been proven in the last few weeks. They have been able to buy off these bobos with the, the warm, light beer and the cold Papaginos. Well, it, it, you know, because the incompetence hasn't really flashed yet. The the ability to kind of win the press conference was a given. Uh, it's a brand new day. They're going to be more collaborative. They're going to have Bud Light socials with their buddies. I mean, these are all easy little things that you would do, frankly, in corporate America where you're trying to schmooze a client, right? Yeah. And, and that's what they're doing. But the, the copy is going to write itself. I mean, the, the real winner in the transition from Belichick to Mayo is not the fans, uh, the, the people that care about whether the team wins or loses or competes for championships. It really is the media. And not just because the mean old baddie Bill Belichick is gone. It's because now you have 17 coaches 
that it's only going to be a matter of time before they're jumping for lifeboats and they'll be dropping dimes all over the place. You've got a GM situation that's got a lot of fog around it. You've got potentially misalignment between the coach and the GM that's already kind of coming out based on the things that Mayo is saying in various press opportunities. I mean, the copyrights itself, the discord and the disconnects. And, and you know, when we talk about like the Patriots are like everybody else now, this is it. It's the confusion and the derision in the media. The fact that, you know, even these markets that are a lot smaller, they get to prey on this sort of lack of communication and lack of, you know, being on the same page. And, you know, all those things contribute to why a team loses and who's really at fault. And People point fingers at each other. You know, so the irony, I think, is they're trying to create this collaborative, greater corporate type, corporate America type setting. And what they really don't have is what a lot of high, high achieving organizations have, which is that single decision maker and that single throat to choke when things go wrong. You know, there's going to be no way of knowing who really screwed this up uh, when the Patriots kind of crash and burn over the next few years and people have to get fired. It's it's you know going to be people pointing at each other. And that's where the media has a field day. Right. Because everybody is dropping dimes on the other person to protect their own job. That is where this organization is going. We all know this because we've seen it with 31 other organizations over the years. Scarcy. It seems like every time a member of the Patriots front office, the coaching staff, or more specifically Mayo and uh, the representatives, uh, Elliot Wolf at all, it seems like every time they have a press conference, they're taking not so veiled shots at Belichick when they're not stepping on their own dicks in the middle of the sentence is how that is. Uh, Bruce Allen, uh, Mike on Route One pointed out that we wouldn't take them as perceived shots at the previous regime if they weren't shots at the previous regime. While this may not be a, a mandate by Kraft, I think it's got to be implied. There's no mistaking. It's it's to me, and maybe I'm looking to, I'm trying to get angry about this. I'm not borrowing anger anymore. It's genuine. It's here. It's 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 oh, no, disgusting we're not, we're to not, me. What we're not doing. Rodney Harrison finding you know reasons for disrespect here. This right. is it's it's happening too much for it not to be intentional. Is what it absolutely comes Correct. down to. And it's 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 unfortunate you you expect a a degree of professionalism, a degree of courtesy toward the previous regime, which I guess is what they're calling it now. The previous the, regime, which, by the way, drafted Mayo, mm -hmm. brought him in as a coach, developed him as a coach, and now he's the he's the replacement. And and oh, Mayo is he's he was asked if he's spoken to Bill. He defers. He'll leave it to Bill. Pay the pay the give the what do the kids say? They give that guy his fucking flowers. Have some show some respect, Dick. To to quote the uh, geez, a movie that's only about thirty five years old, The Breakfast Club. But it's it's just I'm stealing John's word. Gross. <laughs> it, it very much is, and uh, and you know we're absent the fact that uh, you know Bill has gone radio silent on this, so we're not going to get anything from him until such time as we maybe get something from him, because he's going to remain above the fray. As, he looks better just by not saying anything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Dan, the you have uh, from the journalistic journalistic side of things. Sorry, I had a stroke there for a second. Um, Garigian's getting a lot, as we mentioned. 
Uh, Mark Daniels is getting spoon-fed stuff. Chad Grift of The Athletic, the the counterpart to the unathletic Greg Bedard's venture. Um, these minor leaguers who they can kind of control and manipulate are get, getting news filtered through them. Does it, it, is it Occam's razor? The, the most simple explanation is that just the easiest one, that this is the, the spin is coming from one Patriot place through these these uh, lower level outfits outlets. Absolutely. Well, just look at their output before that. It's yeah. not like they had connections too much before. I mean, the the occasional uh, Karen one, but I don't remember seeing much from those folks. Um, yeah, it's 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 so frustrating to watch. I saw. Um, I don't know if John covered this, but I I saw how. Uh, Andy Hart was quick to uh, try to defend Mayo with, oh, well, let's let's give him a chance before you start saying that he's walking everything back. I hope that doesn't get stop his uh, the new open yes. Mayo, because you think in Andy Hart, that's the only way he's ever going to get a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy worked in, inside the frigging building for 15 years on top of that. By the way, an honorable mention for one of the dumbest things I've seen recently it was Mark Daniels um, saying that Bob Kraft and uh, Bobby Gribb were correct with the Patriots drafting oh. Terry <laughs> yeah. Glenn oh instead God. of Tony Brackens and Musin Muhammad? Is he, be be dumber, Mark Daniels. You can't. Or be younger and dumber, Mark Daniels. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, that, I mean, that's not even looking at the stats. That's just the fact that he had a Terry Glenn poster on his wall when he was four years old. I mean, give me a break. Oh, yeah, every time, yeah. Well, why would you want, uh, you know, Muhammad, who only you know led the league in touchdowns in 04? Oh my God, the it guy was an absolute terror in Super Bowl thirty eight against the Pats. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine that team with Muhammad and Brack? Can you imagine what Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells would have done with Tony Brackens? Oh my God, <laughs> with but, Willie McGinnis, we Willie McGinnis, the most stout guys in in the middle of the line. Yeah, of course. Come on. The only the only thing I can I can say is they would have been. They wouldn't have gotten those other picks because they would have been so much better the year prior, right? Like right. you know, the entire universe shifts because the team would have been that much better, that much quicker because they took those two guys instead of you know Malloy, no disrespect, and then uh, and Glenn. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, give me a break. Is it? It, oh, yeah. it totally changes the universe. So maybe it's just as well. But give me a like. Honestly, you have that's like that's like Google Gemini. AI bullshit on Patriots history. Like it may as well be that, right? It's so freaking wrong and goofy. I just cannot let those people like Mark Daniels just define what like what was right and wrong in 1996. I mean, give me a break. It's going to oh, yeah. forever be a regret uh that I took the craft side in 97 in that breakup. The craft oh, like, breakup. But you know, I, just I, didn't know any better. This this podcast is going to be a Bill Parcells for Patriots Hall of Fame podcast. <laughs> Jonathan Kraft will never, ever, ever let that happen. The enmity that Jonathan Kraft has borders on Irish. Uh, every bit of uh, Irish Alzheimer's. You have. It's ironic I forgot the phrase Irish Alzheimer's for a moment there, isn't it? But Jonathan Kraft, is there a Jewish Alzheimer's equivalent? Evidently there is because his loathing for the tuna. Sorry, tuna. I'm very I'm sorry. I'm to think they're so vindictive. They would keep Belichick out. Mm. Well, isn't the story you know, that... Uh, even they can't do that. They can't get away with that. Uh, well, what? The, the story is that uh, Parcells wouldn't let Jonathan into his office. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. 
It made me, it did oh, make yeah. me a little bit sad to see the tuna looking skeletal and quite elderly in one of the latest episodes of uh, the dynasty, but we'll get to uh, the You dynasty. know what that means? That means that, you know, rubberized track suits, you know, work after 25 <laughs> years. It's just a delayed effect. All right. So we're talking about these mediates, the Chad Graffs of the world, uh, the Karen Garrigians, the Mark Danielses, um, to go with the, with the Greg Bedards and the other useless pustules, Andy Hart's of the world, Mike Cadlick's. Uh, etc. I got I got to bring this back. I'm scrolling through my. I have endless amounts of bookmarks that I wanted to talk about with you guys when we potted, and I just paid the Zoom bill. So you're in for another year of pods, gentlemen. You're you're coming back on a tolling contract. Here oh, is right. your... you slapped the franchise tag on all of us. I, I slapped <laughs> it like a bitch on all of your foreheads. So this is Gerard Mayo sitting down, and uh, on February 21st, and he wanted to discuss how he hopes the coach and media dynamic evolve. Oh, Come on in and sit down. He's going to sit down. He's not going to stand at the podium. Gerard Mayo's going to sit oh, down at a fireside chat. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while. I think it was in January. It's really the last time I got a chance to, to uh, speak with you guys. I appreciate, first of all, you guys coming down. I know there are a lot of uh, unknowns right now, whether we're talking about the draft or free agency, but today is really about uh, the new coaches. And, you know, we'll have our coordinators up here to kind of speak to you guys. And uh, I don't know if Stacy told you guys, but afterwards, the rest of our new coaches, I think we have 17 new coaches, uh, they will come down and, and hopefully we get a chance to, to really vibe and connect. Um, they know that, you know, our relationship with the media is very important. Stacy and Aaron have done a good job explaining it to those guys. But at the same time, I think there needs to be uh, a good relationship between the two groups. And, and hopefully, uh, look, I'll try to make myself available as much as possible. Um, but at the same time, today is really just about uh, the new coaches and the coordinators. I like head coaches that disdainfully sip orange juice while ignoring the hordes and the tape recorders around them. Then this guy who gets them up, then gives them a foot verbal foot rub before they give them before they give them a catered lunch. So they can they can we'll get to this in a moment. They can. Blame the previous regime and that off-the-record conversation with the media, which has been leaking out as time goes on. Read through the lines over the last several weeks. But, man, the priorities just seem to be topsy-turvy and upside-down, Dan. it's it's may, They should be better next year just by the virtue of having high draft picks and nine figures in cap space. There right. should be an improvement. Even right. if if they're inept, right? Dender Mifflin sold some paper. Michael Scott closed some deals. This is going to be a long-term disaster. I, I'm hoping at this point it's going to be a long-term disaster. Listening to him speak, I, I think he's got like a nervous condition when he speaks. Like he needs to fill that dead air or something, yes. you know, because he's... You know, uh, we need to have uh, a good relation with with the media, but at the same time, we need to have a good relationship with the media. He uses, but at the same time, as a crutch. It's, yeah, it's 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 a little weird, and and some mixed metaphors or malapropisms, like, you know, there's only one way to skin a cat, <laughs> which Scott you referred to earlier. Yep, yeah, yeah. there's what was the old saying? It's it's better to say nothing, be thought a fool. Uh, than to speak and remove all doubt. Is that the old saying? Well, you know the yeah. old saying, the the old uh, Mayo saying, you know, Rome wasn't created in six days. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. There's, um, a, there's a quality Yogi Berraisms that are going to come out of the new right. regime. 
Yogi Mayo. Maybe we have something going there with Yogi Mayo. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's to paraphrase Scartelli right now. It's not going great for Gerard Mayo early in his term as uh, coach of the Pats. I want to pivot now, gentlemen. To I think Bill Belichick might have been the greatest de- uh, greatest deodorant in the history of deodorants. Um, what's coming out slowly, what Kraft is revealing about himself and his organization. Um, Bill Belichick said it, said the quiet part out loud in the last couple of weeks when he uh, alluded to, and I, and I don't have it written down, but if I'm, if I'm misremembering, you know, forgive me, but he alluded to it. They, they had been lowest in spending over the last couple of years. And, uh, evidently this isn't a one-off, uh, Pete Carroll was on Richard Sherman's podcast recently and he's talking in this clip i'm going to play here he's talking about leaving uh the 49ers as defensive coordinator and coming to new england to replace bill parcell so this is uh pete the poodle on the richard sherman podcast and it's booting up on tiktok right now so pete the poodle making his arrival momentarily and here he is That situation from the start was a little challenging. We did everything first class in San Francisco. Right. I mean, top drawer, treated the players great. It was a clear philosophy that I, I was bringing. I was excited to unveil. The first thing we get to, we're having a, a mini camp. <laughs> and so I'm just checking out, you know, how the setup of it, how it's organized. I'm figuring into the, the menu for the players on that weekend, yep. you know. And Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as a bell that. I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> I mean, if I can't even feed him the way I want to feed him, what's going to come in? I mean, he didn't know what he was asking for, you know, at the time. Right. <laughs> we didn't cover the bologna sandwich stuff <laughs> in the interviews. They had had really good teams before. I got hired after they lost the Super Bowl. So right. I went in there thinking I was going to kick ass on and Bill Parcells. What in the world was I thinking? He's like coach of the decade. Yeah. And here comes Pete all fired up, you know. I wasn't even surprised because of the way I could see it un- unfolding. But uh, I was pissed. Bologna sandwiches and hand jobs. That'll be a, 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 a Bob Kraft's Canton ceremony, John. What do you think? I, you know, the you're right about the Belichick is the the greatest deodorant. It's I just can't. I'm still just trying to reconcile in my brain everything we saw that worked over the the twenty something years with Belichick. They feel like they've got to go the opposite direction. And you're right. It's like the what what kind of operation is a Bob Kraft led operation when it comes to an NFL team. I guess we're going to find out, you know, exactly. that's what I want to discuss. So thank you for going where, there. Where, you know, we had Parcells and, and, you know, for the way he left and all that and the way he's remembered, I mean, he was a tremendously successful winner in the NFL, the poodle, uh, you look back on him and, and I, I said this on Twitter, there, there's no chance that this, had, well, the, the Mayo regime in three years will not win the number of games that the Pete Carroll regime won. And that, that might be fair, but I'll bet the under with both hands. I, I just do not think there is any chance that you're going to see the sort of success in this regime that Pete Carroll was able to deliver as much as lampooned as he was. And, you know, they fired Carroll after three years because it was going in the wrong direction. Are they going to do that with Mayo? I mean, is that, and then you're in that kind of spin cycle of you hope for the next coach. And then, you know, it's just, I just can't believe not only are they did they move on from Belichick, but they've they're trying to undo all the things that he created, the culture and the the blueprint, if you will, that he created is being torn asunder 
so that you can get more touchy feely and collaborative and corporate and inclusive and you know all these things that that matter in in the in the box factory uh that really shouldn't matter in the nfl right they really shouldn't it is about wins and losses is it about showing up every day and doing your job and every day like nobody in corporate america has a wave of draft picks coming in trying to take their job it is absolute savagery in pro sports every day you are competing for your job those of us who worked in corporate america you know we got to perform but it is not like that and if you take away that sort of culture that that need to prove yourself and win the day every day you really do become a mediocre operation in pro sports. And, and I just think that's where we're at. That is the new culture. That is the new Patriot way. Well, here's what I think is happening, John. To me, this is the son repeating the sins of the father. Because I think this, is, this has Jonathan's fingerprints all over it to me. But to, to, bringing, to putting his father in front of the camera, to bringing in Robin Glazer. This is Bob fucked it up with Bill Parcells. You know, we, we can you know quibble over that. But the fact of the matter is that Parcells left because Kraft took power away from him. He wanted a collaborative yep. approach. He brought in Bobby, Bobby Greer, the scouting department, overruled Parcells for the first pick for Terry Glenn, and then he moved yep. into a collaborative effort with Pete Carroll, and they got worse every year. It went down, down, down. They had to yep. burn Rome and then hire Bill Belichick and hand it over. This is – they're doing it all over again, and it's – well. It in, in the, the the only thing out of the dynasty that really pops for me, the the Kraft Dynasty LLC, I should say, on Apple TV, is how close we were to the Belichick era never happening. I mean, God bless. First, the, the greatest management decision in the history of management is Bill Belichick having the courage of his convictions and sticking with Tom Brady in the regular season when Bledsoe was healthy and sticking with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl when there were crazy-ass headlines that Bledsoe <laughs> should start the Super Bowl, right? That I had actually forgotten. I'd forgotten that actually human beings before the AI era in Google Gemini, human beings <laughs> wrote headlines like that, right? Okay, I'd forgotten that. The greatest decision in the history of management was Bill Belichick and the courage of his convictions in those moments. And God bless Tom Brady for being so great that he was able to deliver that championship, deliver those wins, deliver that championship, and give us the greatest run in the history of pro sports. Because otherwise, Drew Bledsoe gets his job back, and Bill Belichick is most likely fired within the year. And none of this would have happened. So, like, that's how close we were because Bob Kraft was listening to his diva quarterback and, and didn't listen to his coach. And that's where we're going again. He's not going to listen to Gerard Mayo and the others. It's going to be, you know, Bob Kraft's going to have his input and Jonathan Kraft too on who they should pick and what they should do and who they should hire. And that's who they're going to pick and that's what they're going to do. And that's who they're going to hire. And it's just, you know, I just, it, I just can't see how this ends well. Well, Drew was like a son before Tom was like a son. And, and after Mac was like a son. Yes. That's no, a Mac, pattern Mac, there? The, mm. Yeah, Mac, Mac was a son. Mac was like a son. He was, he was that, that's, <laughs> a you son know, in again, diapers. You know, we're, we're going to find <laughs> out that I think we're going to find out a lot of that stuff that Wickersham reported on Belichick wanting to move on from Mac. You know, that, that all, that was all true, right? Like that, that's exactly what he wanted to do. He'd seen enough in year two that Mac was not the guy and wanted to move on. And, was overruled and that was the beginning of the end you know i got some it, info has been leaking out of the uh the craft uh happy hour and i found fairly reliably on end around 
I got some information third hand that Zach Robinson interviewed for the Patriots offensive coordinator position. He interviewed with seven teams and the rumor was that he said uh, he ranked the Patriots 10th out of desirability <laughs> of the seven jobs that he interviewed for. And that's uh, the other thing was that Robin Glazier was in every coach's interview. So if you don't think that she's Jonathan's right-hand woman when it comes to this, so she's involved. It's it, as the, the Phrase de jour, as John's mentioned, it's a collaborative effort. Um, I'm disgusted with the crafts. I, I I'm out on the crafts. I just I can't. It it just I just find disgusting what they're doing. Well, let's we'll get to the dynasty in a minute. We'll break it down uh, briefly by episode. But I I'm, I'm done with the crafts. I wish ill on them. What they've done with Belichick, they set him up to fail. They went through the sham documentary. It's not. It's a sham. It's it's an application. For Bob's Crafts Hall of Fame application. And it's, I know in my mind that Bob Kraft saw the last dance and he thinks he's Michael Jordan in this. And he's not. He's a doddering <laughs> old fool. Um, Scarty, take it away before I, 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 oh, no, no. I, I, I go, I, I accede my, my time to, uh, I accede my time. So take it, Dan. I, I wanted to jump on what John just said. Um, because I think that was such a landmark moment. And, and you know, what's easily forgotten is all the moments where Belichick made the hard, unpopular decisions where everybody thought he was nuts and, and everybody, you know, the, the fans, the media, everybody was ready to jump down his throat, but he made that decision anyways. And Bledsoe was, was well, actually, I'd, I'd say even Terry Glenn might have been the first of that, but Bledsoe was, was one where... That's right, he benched Terry Glenn. Right. Right. And yep. they all thought he was the only playmaker. And what are you doing? And he's good job, dipshit Daniels. Yeah. So let's insert Gerard Mayo into that same moment. And, you know, it's maybe it's a little unfair because we haven't had even seen the guy coach yet. But my suspicions are this is somebody that's going to kowtow to the, you know, to his superiors. So if if you've got the fans and the media all saying, oh, Bledsoe should be back in there, how he's healthy, why don't you have him back in there? What do you think Gerard Mayo would have done in that situation? Half of least resistance would be my guess. You got to play the $100 million quarterback. Right. <laughs> exactly. John, you've, we, we've talked about, or you've spoken about, I want you to revisit this. Uh, Jonathan's probably pulling the strings in this now. Uh, the children of billionaires not an encouraging track record and i think jonathan at least uh on the surface here he is really demonstrating some of the worst attributes of these born on third base assholes oh, yeah. yeah and i I, re just... I do realize that i sound like a very typical bostonian who is loathing of other success that others has but man he is a I cringe every time he comes on the screen. It's very, it's just visceral. He's just, he exudes brick to me. He's a, go ahead. So, no, okay. So in your defense, my, my favorite quote, you quoted earlier, the, um, my favorite quote from Bono is the difference between the Irish and the, the Americans. And the Americans, you know, they look at that guy up on the hill living in the beautiful house and they say, someday, someday I'm going to be that guy. The Irish look at that guy living up on the hill in the big house and they say, someday I'm going to get that guy. Yeah, and that's, that's that's where we are, right? We grew up in, in the area where it was so Irish that we were more Irish than American in that thinking. And yeah, I can't help it. They, he inherited his money. He's accomplished nothing on his own. Okay. He works for his dad. 
he runs the the inferior team that his dad owns that you know some people pay attention to and that's perfectly fine and he's you know as his dad is getting into you know the great beyond here uh he's stepping into you know running the big team and what what in his entire life makes you think that he is like capable of this right the in in the the you juxtapose it with the the guys that play in the league and, and many of the coaches who really had to work for everything like nobody is given anything in the NFL that's why you know it's always easy to side with the players it's always easy to side uh, in in union type issues and labor type issues because the average career in the NFL is just a couple of years to make it to that top of the pyramid is an unbelievable accomplishment even if you're in the league for a season less than a game it is an unbelievable accomplishment, right? These guys are all about performing, you know, competing for everything they've had, you know, challenging themselves to go above and beyond. I can't have more respect for people that put themselves out there in that sort of fashion. And then the owner of the team is that guy, right? I mean, give me a break. Like, it is, it's, it's probably the most perverse thing to me in, in professional sports that you have that sort of juxtaposition. And then when it's somebody who's inherited the team from their, from their parent, um, I mean, and, and have never done anything like he's never done anything outside of the, the craft box incorporated, you know, it's like cardboard ink, you know, big cardboard, you know, it's like, I just, I, I just can't respect him less. And I, I, and what have you seen that makes you think he has the sort of judgment to run your favorite team better than it was run under Bill Belichick for the last two decades, right? Zero. You've seen zero. In fact, everything you've seen makes you sick to your stomach that the Patriots are going back to the, you know, uh, you know, the, the way the, the, the kind of the lightly informed fans think, you know, they were always miserable before Bledsoe. Um, that's not true, but there was a stretch or so where four or five year stretch where they were pretty dang bad. And would it surprise me that they kind of hit the skids like that? It really would not it would not surprise me that they hit the skids like that. And honestly, you said, Mike, you're kind of rooting for it. I don't even know if I'm rooting for it, but the fact that it would happen under Jonathan Kraft's watch, I, I really got no problem with that. I think that is the team he is destined to run the bottom feeding rod rust era Patriots, the Victor Kayam, you know, era Patriots. I mean, I think we're back to that. Scotty, they had the, uh, the day that mayor was introduced with Kraft. There was the big emergency at the cardboard paper factory. That was the reason Jonathan hasn't wasn't there that day. Jonathan hasn't been in front of a microphone, but he's pulling. In my opinion, he's behind everything that's, that's happening over the last six weeks. Uh, where are you at with uh, where are you at with the Kraft family and the, and the Patriots right now? I'll just let's let's just get this over with. We we talked last uh, last time about or maybe two times ago about where we were, you know, in fandom on a one to 10 basis. And I was, I was, you know, low and dropping We're you know, yeah, we're just, we're just about, uh, we're just a meniscus above, uh, above sure. zero when it comes right down to it. They're, 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 they're here, they're local, you know, hyper local, I even. guess perhaps, perhaps even hyper local. Many people are saying this, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it's disgusting they've uh, they've 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 shown their true colors and it's uh and and it's not uh it's not red white and blue i don't know what i don't know what it is but it's 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 what are papagino's colors <laughs> it's, green? A, it's it's whatever color of that jacket that bob always wears is 
I don't know why he doesn't get the uh, slack that uh, doesn't get the uh, static that Bill gets for, you know, oh, he always wears the hoodie. <laughs> find, you know, find me something. How many times has he worn you know, a variation of that blue jacket of his? Uh, but he doesn't uh, get the uh, get the static for it. But that's neither here or there. And yeah, but uh, in, I, I called him on the old uh, goofball board, you know, big Jonathan, a little Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, that's how I. And then that has uh that has seemed to uh that has seemed to have worked out, unfortunately. You know, let me just jump into because I'm you know you're you're disgusted was the word you just used, Scartsy, and and mm-hmm. I am too. And and when this all went down, I was kind of bracing for something like this. You know, the, it, when they talked about the collaboration and all that, I'm like, oh geez, you know, here we go, right? I've I've insert eye roll. It's yeah, like Tilly's Playhouse, uh, you know, the secret but, word there with collaboration. Yeah, <laughs> Bells yeah, and, and whistles and, should be going off. And and right, and and so I'm kind of it's really more of an eye roll, not a disgust. The the way they have talked about Belichick and the lack of the disrespect, right? The fact that he's not feted. You know, the, the guy, the, the statue should be, they should have already identified where the statue's going and who the artist is, in my opinion, yes. right? And, and the the fact that that is not anywhere in the environment of this conversation, the, the, the prestige Bill Belichick brought to this franchise, right? The winning and the, the, the excellence and the culture and all these things and to, to fire him, right? Which is what they did. And to badmouth him and, and put out into the media the sort of badmouthing that we've been we've been we've been reading from people that haven't had a scoop since they were doing their high school paper, right? It's like it is so disgusting, and I am so out on him. And like I don't this okay. So this is history repeating itself with Dad out on the out on the Red Sox in 1969 when they fired Dick Williams. It was over. And he was, you know, the guy who went to like almost every single game in 67 and 68 and 69 until they fired Dick Williams is out on the Red Sox when they fired Dick, Dick Williams. And I'm like, I, I understand it. Kind of get I, it now, I'm, don't we? Mm-hmm. I am the same guy. The apple does not fall, fall from the tree. The way they are treating Bill Belichick on the way out the door, I am, I am so disgusted. You know, you know I, when I, the father-son thing compares comparing Yaki to Kraft, that's not a compliment. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, that's right. I feel like in hindsight, we really should have seen this coming because even in the best of times, even when everything they're winning and everybody's happy, even before long before the breakup, it, they were still so jealous and bitter. And, you know, they felt Needy. like, they, how, how come I, you know, they didn't get their, their slice of the recognition. And we really should have seen this coming. Earlier, we were talking about the cardboard. I think that's such a perfect metaphor for the crafts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, that comes through in the dynasty. It's like when they're on, it's like everything comes to a, a dead halt. When, and when it's always when the players them. on, it's, it's it's exciting, but it's like oh, I have to struggle through this. Bob Kraft's three favorite words in the dynasty thus far are "I," "me," and "schmuck." If I have to yeah. hear that apocryphal sh- story about him calling Bill Belichick a schmuck again after the Spygate thing, Scarzi, and I know that. You're in alignment with me here on this. I suspect the row of chairs is in a row here, but mm-hmm. dear God, what? Like I said, he's he thinks he's Michael Jordan in the last dance here. Well, yeah, well, he's the genius who realized that uh, the stadium held value. Him and Eddie Andelman. That, well, yeah. that's right. 
Eddie Andelman should make his own documentary now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put it on the list of things I'm disgusted by, but the fact that this, you know, Kraft Dynasty LLC thing doesn't take the time to get Spygate right and doesn't defend oh. Bill Belichick and, and frankly, the franchise, and instead makes, you know, Kraft look, you know, even more self-aggrandizing than he is with the whole schmuck anecdote and, you know, freaking laser walking down the hallway with a hammer in her hand i mean give me a break right like this is it's so it's so just oh my god like can't even can't even talk about it without getting worked up and i try my best not to get worked up over it but it's like the the disrespect to to belichick and not getting the history right like now you've got a whole new generation of kids who are going to watch this and they're not really going to understand the history of spygate and that's that's criminal when you run the franchise that got pinged on this and, and still to this day getting disrespected by mediates and, and former players, you know, can, and you, you didn't take the time to get it right. I think it's just absolutely dereliction of duty. Well, well, let's go got, next. Got it over, you know, Super Bowls 38 and 39. Uh, which is, <laughs> yeah. that's not dramatic yeah. enough. Is it really a documentary or is it more a, uh, I guess it is just a, it's it's not they're not telling a story really they're kind of funneling a narrative scars you start to start to step on you there it's a it's all behind the music stuff except it's all the yeah. but behind yeah. the scenes things were falling apart yeah. and, but, but we're not seeing them actually playing i was music. just trying to keep everything together <laughs> or uh, where is it i protected bill i i me me i yeah. so let's let's get quickly into before we get into the uh the nflpa Survey results is the cherry on top of the uh, the podcast. Episode four, Dan, cringe factor ten when Robin Glazer is walking down the hallway with a hammer in her hand. Do you think Stone Cold Steve Austin's music was going off in her head as she's strutting down the hallway there? I think we. I, I was trying to think of what Mayo's new nickname is going to be for. You know, he's got to <laughs> come up with something. Hammer time. Is he going to call her Thor? Try to keep the the thunder theme going. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course this this is this was filmed a year ago all all these things and they so, said, they, 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 they I, set the, the, the wheels like were in motion absolutely oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's right and I, I was glad they were able to find uh you know noted recluse uh michael strahan to uh a pine on uh a pine on the super bowl yeah michael show strahan will show up at the opening of a wound he gets to talk about <laughs> super bowl 42 and skybait uh my yes. my least favorite part uh and this will become as a huge surprise to you and Dan and John. Uh, episode one backup plan: the Drew Bledsoe revisionist history <laughs> slash entitlement oh. show. Yeah, good lord. Yeah, you know, Drew's 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 a successful businessman. He's probably a more well-adjusted guy than Tommy is. But man, he is bitter, entitled, and if it's true, it came out. He 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 was the second. He came out the second worst after Kraft in that first episode. Yeah. With that, you know, the, 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 just seeing it. Oh, Scarcy, you that, complete me. Just saying, you know, uh, I look forward to competing for my job. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know, Scarcy. I out here, out and out, well outside of the the intelligentsia of mortgage-free Western Mass. I talk to people who are otherwise intelligent, who you know, really respect Drew, you know, all the great things he did being a great teammate. And, you know, he sure did save him in the AFC championship game in Pittsburgh, didn't he? You know, no. you know, so <laughs> 10 of so 21, again, 103 yards, one I, touchdown, I, zero I, interception, one fumble. 
over the shoulder <laughs> pass to James Harrison. Oh, James Harrison. <laughs> Without the rockhead Pittsburgh linebacker right in the fucking hands. <laughs> I know, how many near interceptions too, right? So it's uh, it's like that sort of revisionist history again is getting cooked up, right? And, and of course, it was a bitter pill. It was a bitter pill for Drew that he didn't start the Super Bowl. And I'm scratching my head and I'm like, that was that was never like was that ever in doubt? I mean, it was you know, if Tom's ankle was right, Tom was starting. If, if, right, if that's Tom's right. ankle yep. was right, and that's what it said, right? You it know, was the ankle that was it. Tom's ankle's right, you know. So we're gonna go with Tom. It's like, well, of course you're gonna go with Tom. I mean, the dude is ripped off what six straight regular season wins in a row and save the season and you know or you can give it to the guy whose favorite day of the year is when the season's over exactly white fish montana baby and for bob Kraft to look at the camera after the st louis game and matt chatham said as as said as much on on his social media feed on twitter that bob Kraft said he took shit after they lost that game to go to five and five to go toe to toe with the greatest yep. show on turf on prime time at home with a rookie quarterback who had to split reps that week because they were trying to figure out what they were doing the rest of the season. Really? You you thought about you were going to fire him? I, I really, Dan, Bob Kraft is an extremely unreliable narrator, in my opinion. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, and that, that also kind of uh, his, his, his recent introduction, right. For, for Mayo was talking about all the times that he had this great sense of, trust his instincts trust his instincts and for him to now in this in this documentary state that well you know I was this close you know if, if that didn't work out for him I told Drew that if it just didn't work out you know there's always that that possibility that well I'd, I'd have to make make take some you know make some changes well right. then how good are his instincts if if, well, he's, if it's that uh, Dan, you know, he- he answered, he answered, he answered how good his instincts are the day he walked into the Orchid Day Spa. Right. Twice. <laughs> Customer of the month, Bob Kraft. Yeah. Man, I mean, yeah the, uh, and I'll tell you what, it's going to get worse. We got, uh, not only is Deflategate coming up, which is probably going to cause our heads collectively to explode. We got Aaron <laughs> Hernandez coming up, the retelling of that. I want to see who is it that suggested that Belichick told Hernandez to get a flop house that was in the media back then. Was that Borges? Uh, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll Borges was, was one of the writers on that one. Yeah. 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 Big surprise. Ron Borges would, would have had all of Belichick's quarters. Ron Borges, by the way, will be presenting uh, Bill Belichick for the Hall of Fame in four years if he, if he oh. chooses to stay away. Think about that for a fucking minute. Oh, God. That's it. Ron Borges, the Rams, 73 to nothing over the Patriots, Ron Borges. Yeah, agenda-free since uh, 2003, Ron, Bo- Ron Borges. Go shit in yeah. your hat. They're Portuguese <laughs> man of war. Uh, let's hit really, really quickly. As if Kraft, this is Bob Kraft's uh, No Good, Very Bad Day podcast. Uh, <laughs> the player rankings. Uh, the NF- NFLPA rankings, Scarzi, I I was giggling like I was Peter Griffin reading that. Uh, let's go through this right uh, here. Treatment of families. That's Robin Glazer's area. F minus food cafeteria. B minus. Uh, they must like bologna sandwiches. Yes. Nutritionist and dietitian. Again, bologna sandwich enthusiasts. B minus locker room training staff. Uh, C, C minus so on and so forth. But the head coach got a B plus. There were four and 13. The, uh, if you listen to a lot of the members of the media and, uh, the coach got the best mark out of an admittedly dreadful report card, but the coach got the best mark out of it. It's it's going great, Scartsy, down at Foxborough. They made no improvements in any of the areas 
that were under Robin Glazer's uh, under Robin Glazer, I should say, from 2022 to 2023. And but they did build a lighthouse with a bell. So there's that. Well, you've got to prioritize. I'm looking at, uh, again, another known recluse, J.J. Watts, Twitter feed here. And he's talking about uh, in meetings when they hand out voting sheets for Pro Bowl, Top 100, etc. You see many toss in the trash, put down only friends' names, make a rookie fill it out. The two I've seen taken most seriously, team captain, obviously, and NFLPA ownership slash faculty report card. So this is not uh, some. This is not someone who's you know a big fan of uh, the New England area, and he's saying he's saying that this is something that the team that the uh, individual players take very seriously about you know where they have to you know about the about the facilities. It affects them a hell of a lot more than voting on the Pro Bowl for sure. Oh sure, and the fact that that this was the things that uh, they were talking about the uh, the 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 weight room, the training room last season too and that no changes were made it it's how how can you uh i guess i guess it was just nothing in the uh in the weight room but pliability bands and some uh <laughs> medicine balls they got on sale at sears don't forget the concussion water the cancer curing concussion water <laughs> from tv12 exactly. yeah yeah uh dan you have any any thoughts on the nflpa survey that's uh that's further just painting the crafts uh, family in a bad light well, I think this could be a regular feature uh, in New England. It's like all team decisions could be made in reaction in sur- to surveys. <laughs> yeah. This this might be the future of the team. This is might be the way that we actually get them to do some positive things is just get enough negative reaction to the, the negative things. The Patriots did decline comments, but Mark Daniels and Chad Graff were, were tweeting, probably just copying and pasting from their from their text message said from Big Jonathan or Robin. Uh, to defend the Patriots. Oh, we're going to build a new weight room right underneath the lighthouse bell. Uh, <laughs> John, uh, ra- uh, why don't you wrap us up here on the NFL uh, PA server before we mercifully yeah. end this for our three. I mean, again, last, last thing I'll say is, is again, the, the immediates that you just mentioned zeroed in on Belichick's, not his grade, which was, like you said, the best grade on the report card, but his ranking uh, among other coaches, right? It's just as bad just as bad as it was the, the best mark they received tied yeah, for the best yeah. mark they received but, but it's it's you know the spin right the spin Correct. Was identical, right the spin was identical it clearly came from the organization hey you know hey you know maybe they reached out hey you know saw this report card you guys got any comment on it well we're not going to comment publicly but you know do note that even though we got f's on you know the 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 friends and family stuff and the community affairs stuff and you know all that stuff over there um She's too busy, obviously, attending coaching interviews uh, to manage that, apparently. Uh, pay, pay just as much attention to the relative ranking. Don't get fooled by the grade. And that's exactly what those guys regurgitated in their Twitter feed. So the idea that, like, this isn't they're, – they're not basically house media um, is so that they can get the occasional scoop and free Bud Light. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, it's early returns. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try to uh, serenity now, serenity now, and let this anger go. I think I'm going to try to enjoy the shit show. Um, Mark, uh, excuse me. Andrew Callahan tweeted a short time ago. It was sent to me. I'm blocked by Andrew Callahan, but it was sent to me by a listener of the show. 
Uh, is that Elliot, Elliot Wolf in the Patriots, the decision makers in the Patriots front offices are lame ducks in contract status right now. Now, as much as I want to believe that they are that stupid and they're doing this, like I'm sure that the contracts are at least uh, being discussed. If not, if not agreed to, they're very close to being agreed to, but I wouldn't rule anything out at this point with Bill gone because they really, for the first time in nearly a quarter century, they're relearning how to do this. And it's been a, it's been a Benny Hill skit for, for, mm-hmm. for most of the last two weeks. So instead of get uh, gnashing my teeth over this ineptitude and the, the utter betrayal of the showing Bill Belichick, although I'll still continue to get angry about that. I think I'm just going to relax and enjoy the shit show. Um, yep. They should really think about taking the microphone and the jitterbug away from Mayo for a little bit, because you might want to sit out the next couple of rounds there. Big fella, go, uh, go hang with Thunder. Go hang with Thunder and, and go to the rub and tug. As, as Terrell Owens said, get your popcorn ready. <laughs> Good point. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, coming on and uh, going over the shit show the last couple of weeks. So, uh, Entitled Town's back. I paid the Zoom bill. And, the, you know, this it's going to be a different tone likely moving forward. Hopefully we can keep it. Ah, screw fair and balanced. We're just gonna say what we think and and make fun <laughs> of what make fun of the low hanging fruit, and you know hopefully discuss the Celtics and the Bruins deep dives into the playoffs. I have talked to Fake Patrick Pass, who's uh, going to be joining us in the next couple of weeks, and our good friend from a uh, good friend from Providence, Chico Walker, is going to be coming back to talk basketball with us in the next couple of weeks. So uh, that'll be fun for us. We all we all love Chico. John's at that. John Irons. Scartsy is the 15net.com. Thank you for letting me post my song parody. Dan is at Patriots Daily. My name is Michael Irons. And uh, turn off your radios, but uh, enjoy the shit service. Let's go. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. That is a lie, and I'm going to have to change the ending. Thanks for listening to Entitled Town.